team may go down. If you stand with me all over this house. Amen. Our junior church may be dismissed. Our children, remember to send all of your children. They'll be eating before they leave for their journey to the pumpkin patch. Amen. Let's sing that one more time as they're dismissing today. Well, through it all, through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus, and I've learned that He is God. Through it all, through it all, I've learned to depend upon His Word. in Jesus and I've learned that he is God through it all oh through it all I've learned to depend upon his word can you help me lift up the name of the Lord all over this house today Amen. Can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise for all of our visitors today? Amen. It's so good to see you in the house of the Lord today. It's good to see Brother Doug and Sister Joyce with us today. Good to have Sister Gordon with us today. Amen. Hallelujah. So wonderful to see everyone in the house of the Lord. Good to see Brother Edwin and Sister Diane back with us. We've been missing Brother Don and Sister Diane. They've been out on vacation Amen. It's so good to see all of you in the house of the Lord today. Amen. And I'm excited. Today I'm going to preach to you with brevity today. Amen. As we have a couple of baptisms at the conclusion of this service. But I do want to turn your attention to the book of Mark, the 16th chapter. While you're turning there, I also want to welcome uh, Jasmine's friend. I forget her name Taylor, it's good to have Taylor with us today. Taylor, God bless you. Thank you for being here for this service. Amen. If there's anybody else I've missed, God bless you. Please forgive me, but we're thankful that you're here with us. Good to see Sister Sam today with us. Amen. And we're just thankful that you're all here. The book of Mark, the 16th chapter, shout out yes when you get there. The book of Mark, the 16th chapter and the first verse, I want to share with you what the Lord has placed on my heart this week. Amen. And I want to try to seize this moment uh, as we bury two people in the name of Jesus Christ today. I'm as excited about that. I'm excited about that today. Amen. Book of Mark, the 16th chapter, verse 1. We'll be reading through verse 8. If you do not have your Bibles, the Verses are provided for you up on the screen behind me. If you need a Bible, please see us. We'll make sure you have a Bible before you leave this place today. Praise the Lord. Mark 16 in the first verse, the word of the Lord says, And when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Salome had bought sweet spices that they might come and anoint him, him being the body of Jesus. Verse 2 says, And very early in the morning, 
the first day of the week, they came unto the sepulcher at the rising of the sun. And they said among themselves, Who shall roll us away the stone from the door of the sepulcher? And when they looked, they saw that the stone was already rolled away, for it was very great. And entering into the sepulcher, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, clothed in a long white garment. And they were affrighted. They were affrighted. Verse 6 says, And he saith unto them, Be not affrighted. Ye seek Jesus of Nazareth, which was crucified, but he is risen. He is not here, but he is risen. He is not here. Somebody didn't hear what I said today. I said, but he is risen. Ye seek the living among the dead, but he ain't here no more. He's already risen. Praise God. Hallelujah. He is risen. He is not here. Amen. Behold the place where they laid him. But go your way and tell his disciples and Peter that he goeth before you into Galilee, and there ye shall see him, as he said unto you. Verse 8 says, And they went out quickly, and they fled from the sepulcher. For they trembled, and they were amazed. And neither said they anything to any man, for they were afraid. My hope today is to somehow show you the contrast between the spiritual and the natural. At the tomb, that watery grave of baptism, new life begins. Come on, somebody. At the tomb, at that watery grave of baptism, new life begins. And listen, these ladies, these ladies that came that day to the tomb, they came expecting to see the dead. They came expecting to weep. They came expecting to mourn. They came expecting to anoint the body of their dead Savior. But when they got there, to their surprise and to their delight, he was no longer there. But the prophecy had been fulfilled and he was risen. Amen. They came to the tomb that day expecting, expecting to weep. But little did they know, they did not realize that it wasn't over, church. It wasn't over. It was just starting. Come on. It wasn't the ending. It was the beginning. Come on. How many is thankful that the grave couldn't hold him? How many is thankful that the grave can't hold you today? How many is thankful because he rose, we can rise with him today? Oh, let's clap our hands and magnify the Lord today. Hallelujah. Church, our hope is in Jesus Christ today. Our only hope is in the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ today. I want to preach to you for a few moments on this thought. Birth in the tomb and death in the womb. Birth in the tomb 
I know that sounds a little contradicting today, but we're going to contrast the spiritual and the natural. Death, amen, birth in the tomb and death in the womb today. Lay your Bibles down in your seat. Let's lift up the name of the Lord together all over this house. Come on, his name is great today. Come on, his name is great today. At the mention of his name, every knee shall bow. Every tongue shall confess. All the devils in hell have to flee at the mention of his name. There's still power in the name of Jesus today. Oh, hallelujah. Lord bless you today. You may be seated for just a few moments. Birth in the tomb and death in the womb. From the time that Jesus was born in the flesh in Bethlehem, the countdown to his crucifixion began. And the moment that we are born of a woman, the countdown to our physical death begins. Every day, every moment, Brother Doug, that we live in this life, the time draws nearer and nearer and nearer to the time that we are going to leave this old earth and we're going to face eternity. The moment we're born, the countdown begins, and it's appointed, the Bible says, unto man once to die and then to judgment. I want to ask you a question today. What place in this world is more hopeless? Tommy, what place in this world could be more depressing, more painful, more sorrowful, more despairing, more forbidding than a tomb or a grave? And yet, of all the places on earth, we see that it all began in a tomb. It all began in a grave. Amen. It all began there. And the the reason why the tomb was borrowed was because the Lord never planned on staying there anyway. Oh, that the church would make up in their mind today. They don't plan on staying down in the grave. Oh, that the church would make up their mind today. They're going to have, there's going to come a resurrection in the spirit of God. Oh, that the church would make up their mind today that they're not going to die in their sin, but they're going to be buried with him in weakness and they're going to raise with him in power. Praise the Lord. It all began in the tomb. Hallelujah. The reason why the Lord borrowed that tomb was because he never planned on staying there anyway. The tomb wasn't the ending. The tomb was the beginning. And that's why he said, if I go not away, the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, he will not come. Can I tell you today, church, until you're buried with him, you cannot be alive in him. My God, I thought I was preaching to an apostolic church. Until you're buried with him, you can't be alive in him. Come on, somebody. There's a plan of salvation. You got to repent. You got to be baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of your sin. And you must be filled with the Holy Ghost like the Bible says today. Hallelujah. Until you're buried with him, you cannot be alive in him. Amen. It takes the death, the burial, 
and the resurrection of Jesus Christ today. Until you have surrendered to him, church, you'll never be triumphant with him. Come on, people don't understand why they can't get victory and they can't be triumphant. Maybe you ought to try surrendering. Maybe you ought to try letting the Lord fight your battles instead of you trying to fight your battles. Maybe you ought to give it to God and stop taking it on yourself. Maybe you ought to say, Lord, maybe you ought to be like little David and say, Lord, the battle doesn't belong to me. I'm your child. You're my king. I give the battle to you today. Because whatever you place in the Lord's hands, he multiplies. Come on. It's like that little lad that handed him that loaf of bread. Before you knew it, 5,000 men alone was fed. 5,000 men alone because the Lord multiplied it. Amen. And gave it back to him. We serve a multiplying God today. We serve a multiplying God today. But until you surrender to him, you cannot be triumphant with him. Church, the fact is baptism is a burial. Baptism is a burial. Baptism is death to the old man. Baptism is death to the sin. Baptism is death to the depression. Baptism is death to the addiction. Baptism is death to the alcoholism. Baptism, baptism is death to the lying tongue. Baptism is death to, to everything that wants to separate you from your God today. You can be baptized into the body of Christ today. Hallelujah. Baptism is a burial. And we take part. Oh, my Lord. We take part in his burial in that watery grave of baptism. And if you ain't been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ today, you need to get that way. You need to get that way. If you ain't received the precious gift of the Holy Ghost, you need to get that way. Come on, because baptism is a burial, and, and, and we take part in his death through repentance. We take part in his burial through water baptism in Jesus name and we take part in his resurrection by the infilling of the Holy Ghost with the initial sign of speaking in a heavenly language praise God repent be baptized and receive the promise today the book of Romans the sixth chapter says know ye not that as many of us as were baptized into Christ were baptized into his death Come on, somebody. Therefore, we are buried with him in baptism in death. And as Christ was raised from the dead, so also should ye walk in the newness of life. How many want to walk in the newness of life today? How many want to walk in the newness of life today? How many is thankful that the grave could not hold him today? How many is thankful the grave can't hold you today? Come on, somebody. You can be resurrected right here, right now, in the name of Jesus. He can raise you from your former life today. He can raise you. It's appointed unto man once to die and then to judgment. Amen. But let me tell you something. You can surrender your life Unto the Lord today. You can be buried with him as we are going to do here in just a few moments. Amen. With a couple of people today. Our old things are going to pass away. Oh, behold, all things are going to become new. Come on, somebody's getting baptized into the body today. Somebody's leaving the world today. Somebody's leaving the old man behind them today. Somebody's getting a new step today. Somebody's getting a new walk today. Somebody's going to get empowered today in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Come on, God wants us to walk in the newness of life. 
He wants us to walk in the newness of life today. From the moment you were born of a woman, the countdown began. Because there's birth in the tomb, but there's death in the womb. In the physical, we got this thing all kinds of messed up. In the physical, we, we try to view the kingdom of God as we do the world. But in the world, when you're born of a woman, we, we, we say you gave birth or you gave life to something. But the truth of the matter is from the moment it's born, the countdown begins to death. But in the spiritual, in the kingdom of God, at the tomb, life begins. At the tomb, at the watery grave of baptism in Jesus' name, a new walk begins, a new step begins. Everything is transformed. A new heart, your heart is washed with his precious blood and your sins are cast as far from the east to the west. Because there's, there's birth in the tomb and there's death in the womb. But you got to surrender to him today if you want to be triumphant with him. Christ was raised from the dead, and even so, we ought to walk in the newness of life. God intends for every child of God to have newness of life. Listen, you're only going to find life in death. Now, how contradicting does that sound today? How messed up does that sound to the flesh today? You're only going to find life in death. Amen. But it's true today in the kingdom of God... Amen. There's birth in the tomb and there's death in the womb. You're only going to find life in death. And you can't have the new man and the old man also. Come on, somebody. You can't have the new man and hold on to the old man. You can't walk in the newness of life and hold on to the deadness of your old man. No, sir. No, ma'am. You got to surrender those things. You got to give yourself completely and wholly unto the Lord. You're either going to be hot or you're going to be cold. No man can serve two masters. No man can serve two masters. You're going to love one, the Bible says, and you're going to hate the other. Come on, you're going to love one and you're going to hate the other. The death of the old man is where redemption begins. It's where the blood is applied. Now, let me tell you something. When you get the boundary of the blood in your life, there's stuff that can't cross that boundary. You don't understand the importance of the boundary of the blood today. When you get your sins remitted, you get the blood of Jesus applied to your life, washed and cleansed by the blood of the Lamb today. There's a boundary. There's a hedge that God puts about his people. And when the enemy comes, he cannot cross the boundary of the blood. Thank God today for the boundary of the blood. Would you give the Lord a hand clap of praise today if you're thankful for the boundary of the blood today? The boundary of the blood today. You're only going to find life in death. You can't have the new man and the old man. You're going to love one and you're going to hate the other. And the death of the old man is where redemption begins. The death of the old man is where faith begins. The death of the old man is where the good news begins. It's where the word of God begins to have free course in your life. It's where the word of God begins to shape, begins to mold. It's where the message of salvation begins. The gospel begins. Think about it today. It all begins in the tomb. 
It all began in the tomb. Come on, somebody. Look, Jesus could have suffered and died. Jesus could have been buried in a tomb and stayed there. But if he hadn't made up his mind, I ain't going, oh, no. I'm going down and I'm going to take the keys to death, hell, and the grave. I'm going to go down and I'm going to preach and I'm going to set the captive free. And I'm going to declare and I'm going to kick in the gates of hell. And I'm going to preach to the lost. No, sir, no, ma'am. You can be free today. You can be free today. Because it all begins in the tomb. It all begins in the tomb. There's birth in the tomb. You ever consider how radical... How contrasting, how completely upside down that sounds. Life would begin in the grave. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Life begins at the death of your old man. It begins at the surrendering, the submission of your flesh, the covering of your life with the blood of Jesus and the invoking of the name of Jesus upon your life. It's the beginning. It's the beginning of a new walk. It's the beginning of salvation. In the physical, the tomb is the ending, but in the spiritual, the tomb is the beginning. It's not the ending, it's the beginning. It's the end of sin. The end of sin is the beginning of salvation. Old things are passed away. All things become new. Jesus said unto his disciples, If any will come after me, let him deny himself. Take up his cross and follow me. And whosoever will save his life shall lose it. And whosoever will lose his life for my sake, he shall find it. Can I tell you today, you cannot hold on to your former life and enjoy a life in Christ. No, sir, no, ma'am. You're going to love one and you're going to hate the other. You can't keep that old name, those old ways, and enjoy the benefits of a new name in Christ Jesus today. Let me tell you something. A person's name is a summary of all of their characteristics. Huh? Come on, when you call out somebody's name, you're summonsing everything about them. If I, if I walk up to somebody and I, and I throw somebody's name out there, if I walk up to somebody and I throw their name out there and I say, hey, do you know Brad Carr? Immediately, a flood of thoughts come into their mind. All the characteristics of Brad Carr come to their mind. And some hopefully will say, oh, yeah, 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 I know Brad Carr. He's a good man. He's a godly man. He's an upright man. He's a family man. He loves God. He loves family. He loves his church. And hopefully the good characteristics of Brad Carr will leave a good impression upon the lives of those people. But sometimes you might get a hold of somebody, you might throw a name out there, and they might say, oh, I know Brad Carr, you better stay away from him. You better watch out for him. He's a, he's a deceiver. He's a liar. He'll take advantage of you. You better watch yourself around him. Why? Because when you throw somebody's name out there, you are summonsing everything about them. Everything about them. So when we invoke the name of Jesus, oh my God. I... When we invoke the name of Jesus, we're summonsing everything about him. 
Come on, somebody. He's my Jehovah Jireh, my provider. He's my Jehovah Shalom. He's my peace today. He's everything I need and more. Come on. He's not just peace. He's victory. He's not just victory. He's the God of the Lord of hosts today. He's the El Shaddai. He's the Elohim. Come on, somebody. He's all that we need and more today. He is Adonai. Oh, worship the Lord with me. Let's give him some praise in this house today. When you invoke the name of Jesus, your summons and everything about him and the God of the Old Testament is the Jesus of the New Testament. You're saying, Lord, you're saying, Lord, I want your name applied to my life. I want to be your bride. I want to be your bride. I want you to be my protector. I want you to be my deliverer. I want you to be my way maker. I want you to be my Lord of hosts. I want you to be my healer. I want you to be everything I need and more today. Lord, just invoke your name upon my life. That's why we baptize in the name of Jesus and not in titles. Come on. That's why we don't use Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Because those are titles that don't invoke nothing. That don't invoke nothing. You need a name applied to your life. You're going to be somebody's bride. You got to take on their name today. And I want to be the bride of Jesus Christ today. And I want his name invoked in my life. I want him to be my Lord and my master. I want him to be my most high God. I want him to be my banner. I want him to be my high tower today. I want him to be the God that's always going to be there for me. I want him to be my shepherd, my righteousness, my redeemer, my Lord of hosts today. So when you invoke his name, you're invoking all that he is. Ah, God, I feel the Holy Ghost today. You're invoking all that he is. When you're buried with him and you take part in his death and his burial and his resurrection, you're invoking his name in your life. You're saying, Lord, everything that you were, everything that you are, everything that you ever will be, I want you in my life today. Wash me, cleanse me by the blood of the Lamb. Make me a new creature in Christ Jesus. You invoke his name. You invoke all that he is. You invoke the name of Jesus. You're not just getting a healer. Come on, in the Old Testament, come on, they had to invoke all those Jehovah's. But when we say Jesus, he's all them Jehovah's. Because the God of the Old Testament is the Jesus of the New Testament. And I don't say, oh, my healer, help me. No, I say, Jesus, he already knows I'm calling him my healer. When I need a financial blessing, I just say, Jesus. When I need a miracle, I just say, Jesus. And he knows when I invoke his name what I need today. Oh, let's magnify the Lord in this house. He knows exactly what you need today. He's everything you need and more. So invoke his name in your life by being buried with him in baptism, resurrecting in the spirit of God, in the newness of life. Come on, somebody. When you invoke the name of Jesus, you get his power and his authority. Huh? You want to know why people don't have power and they don't have authority? Because they haven't had the name of Jesus invoked in their life. 
When you take on the name of Jesus, when his name is invoked in your life, when you're buried with him in weakness and risen with him in power, when you become the bride of Christ and he washes you and cleanses you with his blood, let me tell you something. He don't just give you a healing. He don't just give you a victory. He don't just become your banner. He gives you apostolic authority and power and dominion over all the gates of hell. You can kick the gates of hell in yourself. And take the keys to the kingdom. That's why when Jesus sent those 70 out, two by two, that's, when, that's why when Jesus went them, sent them folks out two by two, and all of a sudden those 70 returned, and the Bible says they returned with joy, Sister Donna. They didn't just come back and say, oh, Lord, well, guess what we didn't know. They come back with joy. They come back with confidence. They came back with excitement. And they said, Lord, we did. this is amazing, Lord. We didn't realize, but all the devils in hell are subject to us through your name, Lord. And you know what Jesus said? Jesus said, that's right. That's right, they are. They're subject to you. Because I rose, you rose. Because I have power, you have power. Because I have dominion, you have dominion. And you don't have to bow down to Satan. You don't have to give in to the devil. You have power and dominion over him. Those 70 return. And he said, Lord, this is amazing. These devils, they're subject to us through your name. All we got to do is speak your name. And the Lord said, that's right. That's right. He said, I was there. I watched. I watched Satan fall from heaven like a lightning bolt. I watched him fall from heaven like a lightning bolt. You know why? Because I was the one that cast him out. And that same power that I used to cast him out of heaven, you can use to cast him out of your family. You can use to cast him out of your finances. You can use to cast him out of your hell. You can use to cast him out of your marriage today. Because the same power, the same authority, he has given to those that are resurrected with him. He has given to those that are resurrected with him. Come on. He said, I was there. I watched it. I did it. I I cast him out of heaven. I said, get down from there, boy. And he came down like a lightning bolt. I was there, 70. I was there, disciples. I was there, two by two. I was the one who told him to get out. And you have the same power and you have the same authority to tell him to get out today. Hallelujah. Went on to tell him, he said, I give you power to tread on serpents and upon scorpions over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Come on, but he said, don't be rejoicing in the fact that you got power to cast out devils. Come on, listen, that's just a part of being saved. That's just a part of being filled with my spirit. That's just a byproduct. That's just a luxury. Come on, that's just a benefit. What you need to rejoice about is your name's written down in heaven because my blood is applied to your life. Your sins have been washed away by the blood of the lamb. And my name has been invoked in your life. Let me tell you something. There's boundaries that the blood creates. Come on, there's power and authority that comes when the name is invoked. Come on, there's power and authority that comes, church, when the name is invoked. And when you invoke somebody's name, you invoke all that they are. Come on. Somebody says, oh, you know John Biddle? Yeah, I know John Biddle. He's this or he's that. He did this and he did that. 
and he used to be here, and he used to be there. Your name tells everything about you. And the name of Jesus tells everything about him. Come on, titles ain't going to get you to heaven. Titles ain't going to get you to heaven. If you've been baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, we need to get you in this water. and You need the name of Jesus Christ invoked in your life today. You need the name of Jesus Christ invoked in your life today. He said, don't rejoice because you have power and authority to cast out devils. That's just part of being my child by being empowered, having my name invoked in your life. Come on, having my name invoked in your life. And you know what the Bible says when Jesus finished his conversation with those 70? The Bible says that in that very hour, Jesus began to rejoice. Can I tell this church today, nothing makes the Lord happier than knowing that you got the victory. Can I tell you, there's nothing that makes the Lord happier than knowing that you're coming up out of the valley with the victory in your hand. Nothing makes the Lord happier than knowing you rebuked the devil on behalf of your family, on behalf of your marriage, on behalf of your church. Nothing makes the Lord happier than knowing that his children have the victory. The Lord, the Bible says that Jesus began to rejoice. Jesus began to rejoice. Nothing makes him happier than seeing you, the church, the body of Christ, the ones who contend for the faith. Nothing makes him happier than seeing you empowered, seeing you victorious, seeing you as overcomers by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of your testimony. Nothing makes the Lord happier than hearing his name invoked into your life. Repentance, water baptism, in Jesus' name and the infilling of the Holy Ghost. Church, through his resurrection, Jesus conquered death. He conquered death. Let me tell you something. He conquered death, hell, and the grave. He took the keys. That day, everything changed for the church. We're no longer victims. We're victorious. Come on, somebody. We're, we're no longer victims of the devil and all of his games. No, sir. No, ma'am. You can be empowered by the infilling of the Holy Ghost after you've been baptized in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be victorious today, and nothing will make the Lord happier than to see you be victorious. In Christ, death doesn't have the final say. Come on. In Jesus, death doesn't have the final say. It's just the beginning. Let me tell you something. When you die, you're either going to go to heaven or you're going to go to hell. There ain't no other place. There ain't no other life. And not everybody goes to heaven. Don't buy the lie. Don't, eat, don't drink the Kool-Aid that the world is trying to give you. Not everybody goes to heaven. There's a place prepared for those that love God. There's a place prepared for those that put their trust in him. There's a place prepared for those that are obedient unto him. And there's a place prepared for those who have had his name invoked in their life and the boundary of the blood applied. Hallelujah. Come on, in the, in the world, we go from life to death. Soon as we're born of a woman, the countdown begins. I often think, I just turned 48 years old. I know that is so hard to believe. 
especially now I'm slimming down a little bit. I just turned 48 years old, and often I think, my Lord, have mercy, man, I'm almost 50 years old. Chances are my life is halfway, two-thirds over. I'm on a countdown from the moment that Peggy Biddle conceived me in the womb. From the moment I took my first breath and life began, from that moment a countdown began. And in this life, there is a countdown. We go from life to death. But in the Spirit of God, in the kingdom of God, we go from death to life. You know why? Because there's birth in the tomb. And there's death in the womb. God's ways are not our ways. God's ways are much higher than our ways. Where else are you going to go to find that kind of hope that in the middle of a countdown to death, you can find new life? Think about that for just a second. Where else you going to go that in the middle of halfway to death, you can find eternal life? Because in Christ, we go from death to life by getting rid of our old man. In Jesus, death doesn't get the last word. In the world, we go from life to death, but in the kingdom of God, we go from death to life. Church, Jesus died that we might have life. Come on, he died that we might have life and that we might have it more abundantly. Life begins at your resurrection. This is all temporary. This is all temporary. This is all going to come to naught. That house you live in, those cars you drive, those digits in your bank account, it's all going to come to an end. But let me tell you something, there's an eternity that's coming. There's an eternity that's coming, and life begins in the tomb. When you lay down that old man, when you get buried with him in weakness, and you raise with him in power, when his name is invoked in your life, life begins in the tomb. Hallelujah. Stand with me all over this house as the musicians come quickly. Someone could get these young ladies ready for baptism. Nobody, I don't know that there's ever been anyone in the history of the world who understood the sorrows of this life more than Job did. Job said that man that is born of a woman is of few days full of sorrow. Man that is born of a woman, the countdown begins. From life to death. In this world, all we have to look forward to is the end. But when you start at the ending, when you start at the grave, when you start at the tomb... All you got to look forward to is life eternal. I choose life eternal. I choose the kingdom of God. I choose to find life halfway to my journey to death. There's birth in the tomb. There's death in the womb. 
Job said, man that's born of a woman is of few days and full of sorrow. How many know that this life can certainly be full of sorrow? This life can be full of sorrow. We experience pains that we never knew were possible. Life is like a vapor of smoke. We're here today. We're gone tomorrow. And from the moment you're conceived in the womb, the countdown begins. In the physical, every day you live, you're getting closer to your death. This is why the Bible instructs us to mourn at a birth and to rejoice at a wedding. Come on, or rejoice at a funeral, I'm sorry. Mourn at a birth and rejoice at a funeral. Amen, it's because it is actually the opposite of what we might think it is. God's ways are much higher than our ways. Church, today there's going to be some people baptized into the body of Christ. Come on, today there's some people that's going to go down in a watery grave, a borrowed tomb, only to be resurrected into a new life in Christ Jesus. Life begins with death. This is a hard saying. Who can hear it? This is not a natural saying today. Life begins with death. Death to the old man. Death to sin. Come on. They take dominion over their futures today. Today they take dominion over their lives. And the life that they will now live, they live by the faith of God in Christ Jesus. The life that they will live will be a new life in Christ Jesus. Church, as we close out this service today, don't be deceived. Don't count on this temporary life. Don't count on carnal, temporal, tangible things. This is all temporary. This is all vanity. Everything you have, everything you will ever obtain, this is all temporary. Life begins with death. Except a man be born again of the water and of the spirit, the Bible says he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. We must be born again of the water and of the spirit. If you've been baptized into the body, and if you're faithful to the Lord, church, you got eternity to look forward to, not death. you got eternal life to look forward to today. How many is thankful for eternal life today? How many is thankful for eternal life today? How many is thankful that the grave has been conquered? How many is thankful that the grave can't hold us? And one day the Lord's going to usher us up out of this place forever to be with the Lord. In the kingdom of God. If you're counting on this life, all you have to look forward to is death. But if you're counting on a new life in Christ Jesus, all you have to look forward to is eternal life in Him. What a wonderful prospect to think that halfway through our life, we can find a brand new one that's going to last forever. Forever and ever and ever. Forever to be with the Lord. Forever lifting up his name. Giving him the glory and the praise and the honor 
that he deserves today. If you're counting on this life, all you've got to look forward to is death. But there's birth and life in this spiritual tomb today. And there's death in the physical womb today. The countdown begins. I wonder if there's anybody in this place today as we get ready to sing this closing song that would want to get out of their seat and say, Lord, help me secure my spot in heaven. Help me to have something to look forward to. Let let eternal life be a gift that you have given unto me. The Lord said, don't rejoice because you cast out devils. Don't rejoice because you lay your hands on the sick and they recover. Rejoice because your name is written down in heaven. Rejoice because you have eternal life because you have been buried with him in weakness and you have risen in power. These altars are open today.